everyone and welcome to Pearls in a Pod. My name is Monica and we'll be giving you guys pearls to help transition you from med school to residency. So as a fourth year DO student, we had to jump through a ton of hurdles before and during interview season. In addition to that, throw in the wrench that we call coronavirus. There were days, honestly, I had no idea if I could even graduate. And what helped me through it was hearing upperclassmen share their journeys and I knew that if they could do it, so could I. So I hope this podcast is a platform where I can interview members in my cohort and have them share their journeys with you guys. Journeys in military match, couples match, ER, OB-GYN, you name it. Only with hopes to help you guys out. So stay tuned for a great episode. Good morning, Monica. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing great. Long time no chat. I know. (laughs) (laughs) How's your morning so far? You know, uneventful, just being lazy around the house and (laughs) the life of a fourth year. I know, right? I'm currently in um, my future sister-in-law's room because that's just where I'm residing (laughs) at the moment. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I just wanted um, to recap, because we chatted off mic a little bit about um, where you're at and how you got there. And so I just wanted to um, retouch on that because I think it's so cool, like where you're at right now. So can you share a little bit about um, where you matched and how, like the journey of you getting there? Yeah. Um, so I matched into emergency medicine at Ohio State. Um, a little bit non-traditional though. I'm an Air Force HPSB student. And so instead of ending up there through the normal, you know, ERAS, NRMP process, um, I ended up there through the military match. And so um, they have, uh, there's, you know, a few civilian programs that have a handful of spots um, specifically for, you know, Air Force emergency medicine and Ohio State was one of them. And I was um, fortunate enough to end up there. So, Yeah. And I mean, I guess you have to share like why you were so keen to go to Columbus. Yes, yes. Uh, my husband, uh, <laughs> uh, Monica, knows Chris, uh, is a year ahead of me, and he matched at Ohio State for his um, uh, physical medicine and rehab residency. So he's also in Columbus, so we're feeling very relieved that it all worked out. Yeah, because you can't do um, the couples match. So this was like your rank list, like you, your individual rank list. Yes, yes. It was It was a little scary, I think. Um, you know, fortunately for couples who are in the same year, you do have the couples match to work off of. And then, you know, throwing in the military match on top of that made it a little bit trickier. And then being in separate years, it really just was, you know, our two separate, you know, rank lists and and applications and hoping that they, they worked out okay. Yeah, of course. So I guess when you um, went into your fourth year and you're thinking about the places that you wanted to apply, um, obviously like being a DO student, you kind of had to apply to a little bit more, but also with having the component of the military match, did you have to apply to more civilian or more military? Like what was your mindset with that? Yeah, I think um, the way that I approached it was um, I put, I put most of my energy into the military match um, because if I was going to match into emergency medicine, more than likely it would be um, in either an active duty residency or one of these like uh, civilian programs that I that I talked about through it's called operational emergency medicine but 
anyway, there's really, there's really, you know, just playing the odds, there's, there's not very many civilian, what's called civilian deferred spots, um, aka, like, if I matched civilian deferred emergency medicine in the Air Force, that is the only circumstance in which um, the civilian match would, would kind of play a part. And so for that reason, um, just kind of playing the numbers, I definitely put more energy into the, to the military match, but, you know, you still have to apply to both. Um, and so I guess my, my approach with the civilian match side of things was, was I really prioritized um, Ohio just so that my husband and I um, had the, you know, the greatest chance of being together. But um, like we talked about, Monica, in, in hindsight, maybe I, I should have applied to more civilian programs, um, especially as a DO student. But I mean, obviously it all worked out okay. So I know it's so difficult to say, like, in hindsight, I wish I did this, but then like, you've already matched. So like, technically you could have just applied to one program and only interviewed at one program and ended up where you're at. True. I guess if I was giving advice to it, other applicants, especially military students, it would be to not uh, neglect the civilian match because there's always the chance that you match civilian deferred, even if it's something that you don't want, and and now you really need the, <laughs> the civilian match to, to pull through for you. So, so you said you did operational uh, match civilian operational civilian match. So that's like a OS Ohio State University, like a program that. I can also apply to and that you can apply to, but they have spots like held for military students. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very, so it's a very small program and it's just in the air force. Um, it's called operational emergency medicine. There are five civilian programs that the air force has. It's kind of like partnerships with, and um, one of those is Ohio state. Um, the other ones are uh, VCU in, in Virginia, um, Mercy St. Vincent up in Toledo, uh, St. Louis, uh, university and Einstein is the other one. And so, um, in total, there's usually like nine to 10 spots through that program every year, um, with varying numbers of each of the programs. So Ohio state has one spot, for example, um, Mercy St. Vincent, I think had three spots this year. So, um, you apply to it through the military match. And, uh, when you end up there, you're, uh, you're actually active duty during residency, even though you're at a civilian program and the air force pays my salary, not the, the civilian program. So. Oh, that makes sense. ACGME doesn't pay for your salary. It's. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, very interesting. I had no idea. So how did you um, decide emergency medicine? Like, cause we're from a smaller DO school, so we don't have exposure to an ER rotation. Yes. <laughs> um, so how did you, how did you realize like, this is it? Like, this is what I want my career to be. Yeah, I think um, it was in the back of my mind going into third year for sure. I thought, it, you know, hearing other people talk about it, it sounded like it would be something that I would maybe be interested in. But like you said, I mean, we don't have a formal rotation in it during third year. And as you know, when you're setting up your fourth year audition rotations, I mean, you're really only halfway through your third year anyway, by the time you start have to, having to feel like you really need to solidify plans. And so um, for me, um, I think I had a lot of my uh, like family medicine and internal medicine rotations early on. And I, there was parts of them that I liked, um, but I felt <laughs> I was longing for more a little bit. And I think for me, what it came down to was realizing that I really was missing out. I missing out on being that first person to see a patient when they walk in the door. Um, I hated, I hated on internal medicine that like the exciting part of it, I feel like was already decided before 
mm-hmm. to me before it, you know, before they got up to the floor. Um, I also, you know, did my surgery rotation. I loved the procedures. I did not like being in the OR for, you know, hours on end. And so finding something that was, you know, procedural, but not in the OR per se was important to me as well. Um, and then I feel like after, after I kind of figured out that it was something that I was interested in, I just, I tried to shadow, um, on our off weekends a few times when I could, um, to, to make sure it was something that I, that I wanted, but, but certainly there was an aspect of, you know, just crossing my fingers that I really hope that I liked it when it came to, to the audition rotations. So how is the transition for you from third year to fourth year, you know, third year, like, I mean, in our third year rotations, because I believe we're in different um, clinical sites, like we didn't have experience in presenting or coming up with a differential, like it was in our mind, like we knew, because we wrote our notes, but we never like had a formal presentation, nor even worked with other residents. So how was the transition for you? Yeah, I, um, I actually really enjoyed the transition. I mean, I, I love the, the team work environment. Um, I love getting to like, you know, bounce ideas off of other people and learn from other people. And so for me, um, I feel like I thrived more in the, in the more structured academic environment. Um, but it was, it was definitely an adjustment. I think, um, for a lot of DO schools that, you know, they rotate, you know, all over the place, um, oftentimes at, at hospitals that don't necessarily have, you know, residents and things like that. It can be a bit of an adjustment to get used to, to the dynamic of not being in like the one-on-one uh, environment. There was certainly, and I know we talked about this, there's certainly benefits to being one-on-one with a preceptor. Um, you get so much attention, um, especially for the procedural specialties. I felt like, you know, people in our class probably had a lot more opportunity to do hands-on things, especially in surgery. Um, but you definitely miss out a little bit on figuring out that uh, dynamic of working on a team and knowing how to, to present well and, and, and all that. So. so what was your schedule like in your fourth year to kind of fill that gap and like show your, show OSU like, Hey, look at me. I'm pretty great. You should accept me. Yeah. So I, um, I did two uh, emergency medicine audition rotations back to back, both with they're both military audition rotations. So one was at um, Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Dayton, and then the other one was down in um, San Antonio. And so um, I think, you know, getting out of the, you know, the, the audition rotations are big for emergency medicine um, and the, the slows, the um, standardized letters are a big part of that as well. And so honestly, I think that was probably like the biggest, the biggest piece um, for, you know, <laughs> showing, showing that I was worthy, I guess, of a spot uh, was making sure that my slows were, sta- were standing out, but, but also trying to be a little bit of intentional about what the rest of my fourth year schedule looked like. Um, I made a point to make sure I had an ICU rotation um, and, and things like that to show that I was, I was trying to learn and prepare myself best for, for residency. Uh, granted, the uh, pandemic made scheduling rotations a little, a little more difficult than than probably normal. <laughs> yeah, with COVID and everything, I mean, how was working in the ER with COVID? Um, I think by the time that I got into the ER, things were, people were at least getting into a better groove. I mean, mind you, I mean, this started really kicking up in March and, and we weren't, you know, doing auditions until you know, almost August and September. And so fortunately, most places that kind of had a, a process in place, but um, I would say that some of the 
the volumes and the EDs were still lower than they they normally were. I think people, you know, heard in the news that, you know, people were not going in as, as much as they probably were prior. And so volumes were a little bit lower and, and there were a fair amount of patients that um, I couldn't see as a medical student um, because of COVID. You know, our, our school had a policy and most places that I rotated at had their own policies as well about, about medical students not seeing, not seeing COVID patients, so. So I guess like kind of on a uh, different note, so I feel like a lot of students, they have like a partner that's in a specific city and they want to match in that city, yeah. but they're not joining in a couples match. So um, I guess for everyone speaking, like, like if you're couples matching with somebody, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to be married. You don't have to be a sibling. Like it could literally be anyone. It could be your BFF. It could be a rando, whatever, whoever it could be. Yeah. Um, but you can't couples match with somebody who is a year ahead or a year below. They have to, and they have to participate in the same match. So you could be in the same year, but if you're participating in the San Francisco match or the military match or something other than the NRMP match, yeah, then you don't. can't couples match. So how did you, knowing that, like, how did you, I guess, like, sprinkle in a little bit like hey my husband is in yeah. Columbus like how, what's the formal what's the etiquette behind that yeah absolutely I um the Chris and I decided very early on that we would just be very open and honest about about our situation I mean you can't fault people for not helping you out with information that they don't that they don't have and so if I if I wanted anybody to to respect or at least be aware of my personal situation, then I had to be willing to, to bring it up. But it is walking that fine line of, you know, I don't want it to be, I don't want to come across as the, the only reason I'm interested in a program is because my, you know, spouse is here. And so mm-hmm. um, I think fortunately, so Chris, Chris and I were engaged um, before he was really well underway into his, into his fourth year in his auditions. And so as he was looking at programs, he very much so prioritized locations that were near Air Force bases, near um, places that I, it was even possible for me to end up at. And so when he matched at Ohio State, then obviously I, you know, refocused all of my energy into largely the state of Ohio. I mean, Wright-Patterson was here. And then two of those five operational emergency medicine programs were here. And so the way that I approached it is I, you know, I was very honest with everybody. And I said, look, like I knew that these were the, you know, these were the programs that I was interested in. And, you know, my husband and I together um, put a lot of energy into to being here to, to set ourselves up for me to be at these programs that I was already interested in um, even before uh, he applied. And so I think that helped a little bit. For them to understand that this was not just me trying to like follow somebody around it was yeah you know us you know as a married couple you know as you will in the future you you know you make you just figure out things together you know you make you make compromises and and decisions that that make sense for both of you and so i don't know i feel like i was pretty i was probably on the side of being more open with it i think mm-hmm. um, Oftentimes, if like a, an interviewer asked a question about, um, you know, why this program or why us, um, that was oftentimes like a good opportunity for me to, to sprinkle it in there. It was more the first thing out of my mouth. You know, I was very careful to make sure that I, you know, had specific things that I was interested in the program. Um, but I feel like when that question is asked, it's a good opportunity to bring up 
and, yeah. and you're from the Midwest too. Correct. Yeah. So I think that probably helped a little bit too. I mean, I'm sure as you interviewed at Corbin, some, some places are more interested in, in, um, figuring out why exactly you're, you know, geographically applying to those programs. Um, and so, you know, being able to say like, I'm from the Midwest, you know, I, I, I did want to, to stay in the Midwest. That, that certainly was, was part of it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've noticed that too. Cause I mean, as you know, Jack's from the Midwest and I'm from Florida. And so um, there's a lot of applicants and it's easy, you could easily slip through the cracks. And so sometimes we would be like, hi, like <laughs> my partner, like he's going here. Like, can I, can you check me out? Like, can you look at my application? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was, that was something that was, I thought like was um, advantageous to us um, to utilize yeah, that because like, I mean, I would, I always said like, I love your program and I have the additional support of family and my fiance and so um that was really helpful for us i'm glad that was for you guys yeah that's a good way to put it saying that like you know my spouse is also here and you know having having their support close by means a lot to me you know that's an easy way to (laughs) to kind of slip in there so i i guess like with air force air force er is different than army er and navy er correct um, I mean, emergency medicine is emergency medicine, but yeah, the match and the programs are, are separate. Okay. Part. Okay. The matches are separate. So I guess um, specifically thinking about the Air Force branch, is there any field of medicine that's more competitive than others? I would say um, when thinking about military medicine in general and even Air Force, um, Air Force specifically is, you know, specialties that are, that are more um, that lend themselves better to the operational side of military medicine tend to be a little bit more competitive. So, um, general surgery, emergency medicine, um, are big ones for that. And so, yeah, I mean, emergency medicines, um, it has a fair amount of spots comparatively to other specialties for, for the military match, but, um, the last several years, there has been more applicants than there are spots. And so, Mm-hmm. certainly not everybody that wants it will get it but um it's a little harder to tell than the civilian match just because um smaller pool of people um and there's not you know nrmp comes out with those like big pdf documents with all the statistics yeah. and you know you can kind of figure out like okay well if i scored this and i get this many interviews then i have like an 80 percent chance of matching um there's nothing like that that exists for the military match so i think you do go in feeling a little bit more blind to kind of your, your competitive. How did you apply for your rotations? Was it on visas if you wanted to, your two um, audition rotations? Yeah, the military event or the military rota- uh, rotation sites are not on visas. Um, for the most part, you're, um, they have information on their program websites about how to, to set up, um, how to set up rotations. And so uh, you just pretty much email the the program coordinators and 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 work with them when was your rank um when was your rank list due i think our i want to say november 6th i think was like the the last the absolute last day for any for any changes and so a little bit earlier (laughs) you know than than the civilian match um side of things so so did you did you feel like your interviews, like it had to be earlier? So how did you schedule your rotations to kind of allow you to do your interviews? Yeah. So I think important to remember with the military match is that 
for emergency medicine, there's only four military programs, you know, that you could, you could match at. Granted, things were virtual this year, but, you know, moving forward, what typically happens is you're rotating at two of the programs. Um, you'll just do your interview while you're there for your, um, for your audition rotations. And we, let's say there's two other programs like there is for emergency medicine. Um, you typically, you can fly out to do them, but oftentimes people will do like a phone or a Zoom interview to, mm -hmm. for the other programs. So for the most part, they happened while I was there for rotations. And then I kind of, uh, for the civilian uh, programs for, you know, URS and stuff, I, as interview offers and stuff came in, I tried to schedule them later to, to after the military match results came out so that I could try to be as respectful as possible and oh my gosh, my God. <laughs> um, so I could try to be as respectful as possible and, and decline interviews. If yeah. Do you have um, a favorite year of medical school? Cause now like we're coming on the tail end of it. Like, yeah. yeah. If I could like bottle up like fall of fourth year, it was probably my favorite. Um, I think that's mostly just because you're doing rotations that you chose in a specialty that you actually want to go into. And so I think it was the most enjoyable. I mean, it was also stressful for sure. Um, since you're, you know, kind of interviewing the whole time, but that was the most enjoyable for me. Um, obviously we've had a lot of time off and it's been a lot more relaxed in the, this mm -hmm. spring semester, which is nice to have, but it's not as fun, you know? And so, yeah, I think fourth fall of fourth year has been my, my favorite. And like, like third year was a little bit different because you had to take a test after every single rotation. Yes. So you still had this like component of like, got to study, got to study, got to do something. Yes. Yeah. I will say it's been a very nice shift, uh, getting to that place where you're, you're learning because you really feel like you want to know the information and mm -hmm. you're interested in learning, not just cramming information for, for a test. Mm -hmm. And we've crammed it. I feel like we've crammed it so much that like, we don't really need to like study it per se. I think I had a dream. Oh my gosh. I think I had a dream that I was last night that I was talking to Jack and I'm like, Jack, we should just go through all boards and beyond one more time for step three. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that is basically a nightmare. <laughs> yes. Chris is, uh, he takes his uh, step three at the, the end of the month. So he's, you know, he comes home and has started doing practice questions and stuff again, but you can tell, you can tell, I mean, just like from step one to step two to step three, the, uh, the motivation is, it's hard. <laughs> I know. Well, we're trying to, cause this is like another DO secret that we've learned, depending on the state that you, um, that you reside in for residency, you can kind of, you don't have to take the Comlex level three. Because if you've taken USMLE 1, USMLE 2, then you could just take USMLE 3 and be accredited. Because you don't need sub 3 to, or Comlex level 3 to graduate. No. But it's all like state dependent. Yeah, and I think yeah. like cool Michigan person. doesn't allow it and Florida doesn't allow it. And so we were just like, uh. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Did you, did, you guys, did you guys both take both? Yeah, we took both. So, um because we, we didn't know what we wanted to do. We didn't know like what the competitiveness would look like. And we were just like, let's just take both. And so we took it. We're thankful we did. And then um, now we're just like, oh, maybe we like can like say yeah. goodbye to the whole complex three. Because it's, yeah. uh, it's harder. It, I, I thought it was harder in a way that 
it's longer and the way that the breaks are scheduled and the questions are formatted, like it's a lot more draining. Um, and I, I study almost similarly to both. So we were just like, maybe we could just take one. And yeah, yeah, I think <laughs> narrowing it down to one, it was, is, is huge. Yeah. I only, I only took complex, um, but that was because the, the military match really does not care one way or the other mm -hmm. um, on which one you take. They're pretty good. They're pretty good about it, but. And um, they, they paid for it too for you all, right? Yes, they will. They reimburse one of them. But if you like, as a DO student, if you choose to take both, they won't reimburse both. But I've heard, um, I don't know if you've heard this. There's a few DO schools that require that their students take both Comlex and USMLE mm -hmm. to, to progress. And so they just actually did, they just came out with something this past week saying that if your school is requiring you to take USMLE and Comlex, that they will reimburse both of them so mm -hmm. yeah I remember I remember meeting up with you and Chris at the um Starbucks on May oh, at, at the library yeah <laughs> yeah and um Chris was like yeah I'm thinking about cardiology or something and like he's not in cardiology and like I think you were thinking psych for a little bit like Chris and I are similar in the sense that like I think a lot just like a lot interests both of us and yeah. I think for both of us trying to like narrow down was was certainly difficult and you mean you've met Chris he's he's good at everything and so <laughs> I think it's hard I mean it's hard as a third year when if you're especially if you're doing well and you're getting along with people it's really hard to tease out what you are actually enjoying versus like am I just doing well and that's why I, I'm I'm enjoying it you know um yeah the, do you um are you on Twitter by any chance? I am, yeah. <laughs> and there's Dr. Glaucom Glaucoma Flecken, and he's like a he's an ophthalmologist, and he's also a comedian. And so he always tweets. He's like, if I if I pursued something in medicine just because I was good at it, then I would be patient transport for the rest of my life, just willing patients. And I was like, that's a really good point. Like sometimes, yeah. like just because we're good at it, doesn't mean that's like end all be all. Like that should be our career. Like. There's always something more to it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, and you know, everybody feels differently about their their future in medicine. But I think um, for both Chris and I, it we found a lot of relief in in being okay with realizing that it's like okay, medicine is a huge part of our lives and and something we both feel passionate about for sure. But it's not all of who he is, and it's not all of who I am. Um, so it doesn't need to be, I mean, it's certainly a big decision you want to be, you know, thoughtful about it, but it also doesn't need to be this, like, oh my gosh, my life is going to end if I, you know, choose, choose the wrong specialty. I mean, there's always an out, you don't even have to do medicine for your whole life if you don't want to, you know, I think we tend to, to make things feel much more like permanent than, than they are in reality. So, well, thank you so much, Whitney, for being able to chat with me and sharing your story. Yeah, I love hearing it. So I hope other people <laughs> love hearing it too. Well, thanks. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. It's a ton of fun.